Hi, this is Guy Kawasaki. Hi, this is Gideon Shelwick here. My name is Farnoosh Brock. And you're listening to Learning with Leslie. Learning with Leslie. This is Learning with Leslie. 888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. <laughs> I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com. We're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting episode for you today. In today's episode, episode 234, we're going to be talking about WordPress SEO. Specifically, how do you get your blog ranked in Google? Google, you know who I'm talking about. That search engine that we all use. People all over the world are going there searching for answers, searching for resources, searching for the content that you are creating. But how do you get your blog to show up in Google? How do you optimize your blog so that when someone searches for a topic you cover, they find you? This is the biggest source of traffic for my biology blog and, I, and it can be a powerful source of traffic for yours. And you know what? The more traffic you have, the more people that get exposed to your content and your business. So search engine optimization, that is what we're going to be talking about today. Yes, in Indeed, search engine optimization is such a fascinating topic, or it can be such a boring topic. It's one of those things that people struggle with because they're not exactly sure, you know, what do I have to do? What tricks do I need to do? What secrets do I need to know so that I can get my blog to show up in Google, so that people can find me, so that people can find my content, so that people can get exposed to the value that I'm providing. You are building your blog and you want people to get there. So I want to talk about this topic of search engine optimization because I think people make it much more complicated than it needs to be. So I'm going to break it down for you this evening. And I am so glad to have so many of you on here live. We have 18 people right now in the room and 20 that have been here um, fully. We got Roy, we got Brian, we got um, uh, 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 Mary, we got so many of you here and I'm excited to share with you. And we're live on Blab at blab.im. So if for some reason you have no idea what Blab is about, I want to invite you, if you're listening to this podcast and you've never checked it out, come to blab.im slash Leslie Samuel and you can interact with me there when we're doing these podcasts live. Anyhow, this is episode 234. I'm going to be talking about a number of resources that I'm going to share. I've created some video training that goes along with that and you can get access to that by going to becomeablogger.com slash 234. Two, three, four. Once this gets posted on the site, you'll be able to get all of those resources that go along with this episode. So let's talk about search engine optimization. And, and what I want you to do, actually, I want you to imagine something with me. Let's say you're a nerd like me. <laughs> and let's say, just imagine you have a biology blog. And, and this is a blog that you started because you are passionate about biology and you wanted to share this with the world. You want to help people that are struggling in biology. Maybe they're at a university and they're taking general biology or they're taking physiology or whatever the case might be. And, and 
because you have this biology blog and because you have it set up in the right way, someone all the way over in Timbuktu goes to Google. And when they go to Google, they do a Google search for how to pass biology. And guess what shows up in the number one position? An article that you wrote. An article that you wrote that's entitled Seven Tips to Help You Pass Your Biology Classes. So this person in Timbuktu does this search because they are struggling. They are looking for something specific. And they see you. They see you as number one in the search engine. And they click over and they come to your site. And when they come to your site, they see that you have all kinds of information related to biology. They see that you have videos and you have resources and all this stuff. And not only that, not only are you getting searches for uh, getting traffic for people that search how to pass biology. In addition to that, imagine that you're ranking for thousands of other keywords. Imagine that when thousands of other people um, uh, do different searches related to biology, they come to your blog. Now, this is not something that I'm imagining. This is, this is actually a reality because I do have a biology blog that's called Interactive Biology. And over the last month, I've had 91,410 people visit that blog. Um, I've had of that 91,410 91, visits that I've had to that blog, um, I've had 80,144 of those visits come directly from the search engines. This right here is powerful because when Google starts sending you a significant amount of traffic, and I see that that traffic is growing, that's a significant amount of exposure for your blog. So what I want to do is share with you some of the principles that I implement when it comes to search engine optimization. And I want to walk you through the exact steps of what you need to do so that your site can rank in Google. Now, first, before we get into all of that, first, you know, let's do kind of a, a basic introduction to this whole concept of search engine optimization. What is search engine optimization? Now, uh, just like I was talking about before in the, the previous example, when you, you build a blog, of course, you want people to come to that blog. You want people to visit that blog. You want targeted people to visit that blog. And there are so many different strategies out there for driving traffic. I mean, you can use social media and try to get people to come from Facebook or from Twitter or from Pinterest, and that works very well. You can get other bloggers that are in your niche to recommend your content, and because they have an audience, they're sending some of that audience over to your blog, and that also works very well. I, I know of a lot of people that are doing different strategies for driving traffic. There are people that um, get into the news and other traditional forms of media, and that gives them a lot of, of exposure. Now, one of the most reliable and stable ways that I know of for getting exposure is by having search engines send you traffic. So here's the thing. In order for search engines, in order for Google to say, hey, you know what? I want to send traffic to Leslie's interactive biology blog. Hey, you know what? I want to send traffic to Roy's blog and Roy's website and, and, and Brian's website and Jenny's website. There, there's some information that Google needs. Number one, Google needs to know what your site is about. All right. Google needs to know that your blog is a biology blog or a blog about knitting. It needs to know this is the topic of your blog. 
Number two, Google also needs to know what the individual pages and posts on your blog are about. So it's not just, hey, this blog is about biology, but it's this blog is about biology and this specific post is about how blood flows through the heart. So it needs to know the individual pages and what those are about, what information those contains. And then it needs to take that information and match it to what the searcher is looking for. Because when I go to Google and I search for how blood flows through the heart, I want relevant information. So number one, it needs to know what the site is about. Number two, it needs to know what the individual page is, what the individual posts are about. It needs to, know, it needs to then take that information and match it to what the searcher is looking for. Now, there, there are all kinds of complex algorithms that Google has built uh, to be able to determine the, the relevant information, to be able to determine what your site is about, the, to be able to determine what the individual pages and posts, and to be able to match that with what people are looking for. But to understand SEO, search engine optimization, I want to I wanna give a little story. So when I was, uh, this was back in around 2003, I was doing my master's degree and I was doing research. Now, my master's degree is in neurobiology. And when I was doing my master's degree, um, what one of the things that my department did is they sent me to the country of Germany. And when they sent me to the country of Germany, it was to do a very specific kind of research. Now, imagine I'm coming to this foreign country and everything is new. But there's one big problem. There are no signs. So not only do I not speak the language, I'm coming, I'm trying to figure out, hey, where is this? Where are the restaurants? Where, where's the restroom? Where are all these different types of things? And I can't figure it out because there are no signs. Now, let's say I'm stumbling around eventually because, you know, I can find my way around and so on and so forth. I do stumble onto a restaurant and it looks interesting. And I go into the restaurant and I'm eating some food and then I want to find a restroom. And I'm kind of walking around trying to find the restroom. I see doors, but there are no signs on the doors. So eventually I find a door, I open the door, it is a restroom, but it's a woman's restroom. This is not good. And this could have been much easier if there were signs in place. If there were things to show me, this is a restroom, or this is a restaurant, and those kinds of information. I am lacking vital information that's necessary for me to make crucial decisions. So in this analogy of me traveling to Germany and not knowing where everything is because of the lack of signs, Google is, is that new... I am Google in this example. And the new country, uh, this Germany, that's your blog. So Google comes to your blog, wants to know, you know where everything is, what everything is about, and Google is smart. And yes, Google is going to figure it out. But wouldn't it make it easier if you were to give Google the details that it needs? Wouldn't it make it easier if you had signs up so that Google can find the restaurant and the restroom and all that good stuff? You get my point. This is what search engine optimization is about. In essence, you are putting up signs for Google. You are giving Google a map. In fact, you might be GPS for Google. You're giving Google exactly what it needs. And that is search engine optimization. You are optimizing your blog for the search engines. I hope that makes sense. Um, So 
we understand what, what search engine optimization is, but I want you to kind of understand what Google's ultimate goal is. So when someone comes to Google and they do a search, and this is a typical person that's doing a typical search, what's going to happen is they're going to go to the search engine, they're going to type in how blood flows through the heart or an introduction to the nervous system or how to knit or whatever the case might be. When they do that, they're going to click on search. And when they click on search, they're going to get a result page. And this is called your search engine results page or some people call it SERP for short, S-E-R-P, Search Engine Results page. And you will see 10 results on that SERP, on that page, and they're going to quickly kind of scan through and see what seems relevant. And once they see something that is relevant to what they are looking for, they're going to click through and come to, hopefully, your blog. And if that is relevant to what they're looking for, they're happy. And if they're happy... They might even check to see what else you have to offer. They're going to go from page to page because, you know what, this is solving a problem that I have. This is answering a question that I have. Now, if they are not happy, what are they going to do? They're going to go right back to Google and they're going to check out the other sites. They're going to even maybe do some other searches and try to find something else that helps them with their question, that answers their question, that solves their problem. Now, what is Google's ultimate goal? It's very simple. They want to give the searcher exactly what they're looking for. That's it. They want to give that searcher, the person that's going there and taking the time to search for something in particular, they want to give them exactly what they're looking for. So then the question is this. What's your goal? What should be your goal? Well, of course, is to give your readers and your potential readers exactly what they're looking for. Because if you give them what they're looking for and Google starts to see that you're doing this over and over and over and when people come to your site, they get exactly what they need, guess what's going to happen? Google is going to say, you know what? When we send people to, 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 to Roy's site, when I send people to Jed's site, they get what they need. They spend time there. They browse around. They, 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 they check out the other resources because it's highly relevant. So your goal should be to give people exactly what they're looking for. Now, notice I haven't started talking about all the technical stuff as yet. We're going to get into that. But I want you to understand that basic concept. Understand who your target audience is and give them what they are looking for. Now, there's so much information out there on, on search engine optimization, and there's so much information on how you can manipulate Google. So the question is, can you manipulate Google? Well, you may think that my answer would be no, but the correct answer is yes. There are things you can do to, to manipulate Google, and, and there are entire industries that are built around trying to manipulate Google. Think about it. If you, can, if you can trick the machine, you can get a lot of traffic for that. Because Google if, Google, if you can fool Google into thinking, hey, this is relevant information all the time, they're going to send you a lot of traffic. Now, and I don't know if this has happened to you, but I've gotten so many emails from individuals and from companies that would say something like, hey, I can get you to number one in Google. And of course, you know, there are fees that are involved in that process and so on, but they are trying to get you to give them their business. And what they're going to do for you is, quote unquote, get you to number one in Google. 
Here's my recommendation for you. Never, ever, ever. I don't know if I could say that more emphatically, but if I could, I would. Never try to manipulate Google. And the reason is simple. Because Google, you know, those guys over there, they're kind of smart. No, actually, they're pretty smart. And they are always tweaking. And they are always improving their algorithms. And they are always trying to find people that are trying to manipulate them. And eventually, they get found out. A quick win today that's based on, you know, shady principles or what we call black hat SEO, which is basically shady SEO, that can end up screwing you over in the long run. You don't want that. I've seen businesses just disappear overnight because of, you know, black hat SEO and trying to buy a lot of links so that they can uh, increase their authority and so on. Don't be that guy. Never, ever, ever try to manipulate Google. So let's talk about what the most important ranking factors are. What are the things that you need to be paying attention to when it comes to to search engine optimization, when it comes to ranking in Google? Now, I just want to say really quick, I'm saying Google all the time, but Google isn't the only search engine. There's Bing and other search engine, Yahoo search engine, and so on and so forth. And, And I'm not talking specifically about them, but the principles are still the same. They all want to serve relevant content to the people that are searching. So the factors that I talk about for Google are going to be very similar to the factors for other search engines. So let's talk about what the most important factors are when it comes to search engine optimization. If you want to set yourself up for success, there's one question I want you to ask. And that one question is going to be the foundation of everything you do for search engine optimization, for everything optimization. And that is this. Are you serving your audience as best as you can? The question once again, are you serving your audience as best as you can? I just want to remind you, what is Google's ultimate goal? They want to give the searcher exactly what they are looking for. That's what they want to do. So this is going to lead to my number one tip for optimizing your blog. And that's this. You ready for it? It's going to sound kind of strange. Don't optimize for Google. Yeah, I know. What? This, this post is all about, this, this podcast is all about optimizing for Google. And here, Leslie's telling you, don't optimize for Google? This guy is crazy. But that's the first part of the statement. The second part of this statement is, no, the entire statement is, don't optimize for Google. Optimize for your readers. Because if you serve your audience, you're going to end up serving Google. Because we know what Google wants. Google wants to give the searcher exactly what they're looking for. So let me summarize the important factors for you. Number one, you ready for this one? Create great content. You know, the internet, I don't know if you realize this. You you definitely realize this. What am I talking about? The internet is a noisy place. There is so much content on the internet right now. If I go and I search for uh, how to start a blog, and I'm doing that right now as we speak, I see 1.6, not million, but 1.6 billion results for how to start a blog. 
So you got to create great content because you know why? Yes, there's a lot of content out there, but a lot of it is crappy. And you know what? Cream always rises to the top. So as you create your content, don't skimp on quality. Create great content. Okay, that's tip number one. Important factor number one, create great content. Important factor number two, create relevant content. Yes, you can have a lot of content on your blog, and my blog can be about how to start a business with a blog, but then I have content on how to play baseball, or I have content on how to record music and all that kind of stuff. That's not relevant. So when someone comes to my site, they're going to be kind of confused because this is not giving them exactly what they want. The more content you have on one specific topic, the more you're going to establish your blog as a leading authority. That's exactly what you want. Create relevant content. Tip number three, give Google what they want. So yes, you have great content and it's on your blog, um, but it's even better to set it up in a way that gives Google the information they need to make ranking decisions. You remember my example about me fumbling around in Germany trying to figure out where everything was, but there are no signs? Make signs. Give the information that Google wants. And we're going to go into the details of how to do this because I think it's very important. So number three, give Google what they want. And then number four, establish your authority. Now, here's the thing, right? If you're doing points one and two and three and you're doing that consistently, you're basically setting your blog up for success to be growing in authority over time. The more, And also, the more you connect with other people in your niche, the more you're going to be re- recommended by others and the more they're going to start seeing you as an authority. And that's exactly what you want. So number one, create great content. Number two, create relevant content. Number three, give Google exactly what they want. And number four, establish your authority. It's not something that happens overnight, but it's something that happens as you create that great content, as you create that relevant content, and as you um, help, as, as you give Google more and more of what they want. Okay, so that's that's like the foundational stuff. I wanted to talk through all of that first before we go into the how-to, because the how-to, the specific technical details and all that good stuff is not going to work as well unless you have all of those other things taken care of, unless you are providing value to your audience. And we spoke about ways to do that. So how do you go about optimizing your blog for search engines? Now, I am going to be assuming that you are using WordPress. If you've gone through any of my training, most likely you are on WordPress. So I'm going to talk about those things as we get into this content, specifically dealing with with WordPress. And I'll link to some resources on this in the show notes for this episode, becomeablogger.com slash 234. Tip number one, if you're using WordPress, when you first install WordPress, your permalink structure is going to look interesting. Now, what is a permalink? What's a permalink? It's the URL that people go to to get to a specific page on your site. And when you first install WordPress, it's going to look something like yourdomain.com slash question mark P equals one, two, three. So there's a question mark, there's a P, there's an equal sign, and then there's a number. But here's the thing. 
one of the key principles, and we mentioned this a little earlier, is that you want to give Google as much information as possible so that they can make an educated decision. Okay? Now, the first thing you want to do is change that permalink structure because it's going to give Google more information. You don't want it to look like question mark equals P equals one, two, three, and all that good stuff. But if your post is about how to eat ice cream or how to make ice cream, you want it to look like this. Yourdomain.com slash how dash to dash make dash ice dash cream. Why? Because now even in the URL or the permalink, you are giving Google more information about what that specific post, what that specific page is about. Okay, so number one, change your permalink structure. How do you do that? You go into your WordPress admin area, and when you do that, you can go to your settings, and then you're going to see the permalink settings, and you just want to change that from the default to post name so that the post name is now going to show up in the URL. And once again, we're giving Google more information. All right, and Roy is sharing. Uh, Roy is helping me out here in the chat room and sharing exactly your domain.com slash how to make ice cream with those hyphens in between. So change permalink structure. That's number one. Number two, we're dealing with the technical details here. And one of the big technical details that you want to make sure that you're doing or you've done is you want to make sure you're choosing a good quality WordPress theme. So one of the things that I love about WordPress is that it makes it so easy for you to get all these different kinds of WordPress themes. You can change the design of your blog very easily and there are so many free themes that are available. There are so many premium themes that are available. And by choosing one that has been made by a trusted developer, you are setting yourself up for success because you know what? All themes are not created equally. You can choose a WordPress theme that kind of looks nice, but the, the code is bloated. Now, how do you know if the code is bloated? I'm not going to go into all those technical details. The key thing is choose a WordPress developer, a WordPress theme developer that is trusted. How do you know if they're trusted? Get recommendations. The ones that I, I recommend all the time are things like uh, Woo Themes. They have really good quality WordPress themes. In fact, they were recently acquired by the company that is behind WordPress. So Woo Themes are really good. Elegant Themes, they, are also, they have great themes. Uh, I get some themes from themeforest.net, and you can see the reputation of the developers there. These are places that you can go and get trusted WordPress themes, I mean, quality WordPress themes from quality and trusted developers. So don't skimp on this. Yes, you can get any and any theme. Genesis theme is one that Monty is recommending in the chat room. Yes, they, they also, they're, they're WordPress theme developers that I definitely trust. They create high-quality WordPress themes. All right, so make sure you are choosing a good quality WordPress theme. Number, what number are we at? That was number two. So this is number three. Number three is this. You want to pay attention to your site speed. You want to pay attention to your site speed. Now, don't you just hate when you, you do a search in Google and then you, you, you see something that looks like, hey, this is exactly what I'm looking for. I'm going to click on this link and you, you click on that link and it takes you to a site and it takes 
ages to load. How does that make you feel? That never makes you feel happy. And you know what? It doesn't make anyone feel happy. If your site is slow, your visitors won't be happy. And you remember what we're trying to do? We're trying to make our visitors happy. And if your visitors aren't happy, guess who else isn't happy? Google. Google isn't happy because the visitors, the people that they send are not happy. So how do you pay attention to your site speed? There's a site that I use, and that is GTmetrics, gtmetrics.com. And what that allows you to do is when you go to that site, you can enter in your URL. And then when you enter your URL, you can do a quick search. And when you do that search, it's going to analyze your content and it's going to tell you, it's going to actually give you a grade. How well are you doing? It's going to give you an A or a B or a C or a D or an F. And that gives you an information about different aspects of your site and how, it, how it's performing. So that's at gtmetrics.com. Some people are posting that in the chats. Of course, I will also have links to that in the show notes, gtmetrics.com. And when you enter your site information, your URL, it's going to give you a breakdown of how your site is performing. And then it's going to give you some recommendations of things that you can do to improve your site speed. I want to give you a few of the factors that go into determining the speed of your site. I'm going to give you four factors that you can pay attention to that make a huge difference in the speed. Number one, I mentioned it already, your theme. If your theme is bloated, if your theme is a low-quality theme, if your theme has a bunch of crazy code that has been made by some wacko developer, <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to put a heavier load on your server. And that heavier load is going to result in a slower site speed. So number one, choose a good theme. Number two, and this one is huge, literally. <laughs> Sorry, that was kind of corny. I, sometimes I make corny jokes. I know. I accept myself for who I am. <laughs> Okay, so number two is reduce your image file sizes. Reduce your image file sizes. Now, when I, when I take a picture with my camera over here, I have a DSLR, I end up with a picture and the file size is about eight megabytes. Now, if I upload that image directly to my site as it is and I post that in a blog post, that's an eight megabyte image image that it's trying to load and that's going to take a long time. It's putting a heavier load on my server and that is slowing down my site. So you want to reduce your image sizes before you upload them. And you can use different programs for that. I use Photoshop. Um, you can use even sites like PicMonkey and so on. They allow you to download optimized optimize image. Um, now there are some plugins that you can use that actually will compress the sizes of your image. I should have looked for that right before, but I think it's called WP Smush It or something of that sort. I'll I'll link to that in the show notes for this episode as well. But that allows you to reduce your image file size. Okay, so that's number two. Number three, and I'm seeing a question about this right now, <laughs> right now in the chat um, by Fitzgerald, and that is my third point for something that affects your site speed. Sometimes it's necessary to upgrade your hosting. Now, if your blog is growing and it's to the point where uh, you're getting enough traffic that it's starting to put a load on your server. It's putting a significant load on your server that can slow down your site significantly. Do we want that? 
Absolutely not. So one of the options, yes, and sometimes it's an expensive option, is to upgrade your hosting. Now, there are many different there are many different hosting companies, and there are so many people that are going to recommend so many different ones. I recommend for when people are getting started usually to use HostGator because they're shared hosting. They have decent support, and it's relatively affordable. I mean, you can get a site for $5 a month. You can get hosting for $5 a month. But at a certain point, it may be necessary to upgrade. And this is something that I've done recently. I've upgraded and switched to a different kind of hosting, and this is with WP in. Engine. My my affiliate link for that, just in case anyone is curious, is becomeablogger.com slash WP Engine. But what they do is they have optimized hosting that's optimized specifically for WordPress. And when I switched to them, it actually increased my speed significantly. Just the switch without making any other changes allowed me to increase a few grades on GT Metrics. So WP Engine is a good hosting company for WordPress specifically. So upgrade your hosting, and you don't have to use them. You can find out from other people who, who, who works, what, what hosting companies they use, and if it works well for them, you can check those out. But those are some that I recommend. And number four, for page speed, use a caching plugin. Now, what in the world does that mean? What is a caching plugin? A caching plugin is something that leverages a feature of your browser that's called caching. And what that will do is... When someone comes to your site for the first time, it's going gonna, it's gonna to save a copy of your site in their browser history. Now, what that will do is the next time that they come to the site, it's saved locally to a certain extent so that it loads much faster. So if you have someone that's coming to your site over and over, which is exactly what you want, when they come back to your site, it's going to be much quicker on the loading because some of that is cached or we're going to say saved locally so that they can access it quicker. So a caching plugin can definitely help. The one that I've seen a lot of people use is W3 Total Cache. Okay, WP Total Cache. Now, I don't use a caching plugin because WP Engine does caching automatically once you're on their servers. So that makes it a little easier for me. Remember, faster when it comes to your blog is always better. There's never a case where having a slower site is going to benefit you. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about another tip for um, optimizing your blog. We spoke about choosing your permalink structure, number one. Number two, good quality WordPress theme. Number three, pay attention to your site speed. And number four, use the WordPress SEO plugin by Yoast. Y O A S T. All right, use that plugin. Now, the reason why I say that, yes, there are a number of search engine optimization plugins out, out there. There are many themes that have SEO features that are built in, but WordPress SEO by Yoast, Y O A S T, is the best plugin that I found when it comes to search engine optimization because what it allows you to take control of is it, it gives you full control over how your content is going to show up on social media, 
in the search engines and all that stuff. And the social media aspect is a little beyond this the content for this episode. Um, but I'm going to link to a post that I made specifically on the topic of why I use Yoast and how I use it. And you can get some more details about that in this episode. Becomeablogger.com slash 234. So this allows you to really take control about how your content is going to show up in Google. All right. It allows you to set your titles. It allows you to set your descriptions and so on. And it allows you to do that for the entire site as well as for every post and every page. Okay. So number, tip number four, use the WordPress SEO plugin by Yoast. Tip number five, and this is an extension of tip number four, optimize each post and each page on your blog. So when you, when you install WordPress SEO by Yoast, it's going to give you a lot of options. It's going to give you a lot of details in terms of how you can customize your posts to show up in the search results. Now, when you go to add a post in WordPress, once the plugin is installed, right below that post editor section, you're going to have the ability to see how optimized that post is for any focus keyword. So what this means is if I have a blog post and let's say, once again, let's stick with the biology blog example. The, the blog is about how blood flows through the heart. I might want to optimize that for blood flow through the heart. So what I'm going to do is in the Yoast SEO settings for that post, I'm going to put that focus keyword phrase right there. And then it's going to analyze my post and give me recommendations of things that I need to do. So whenever you add content to your blog, whenever you have a new post, I want you to think about the following question. In a perfect world, what would someone search for to get to this post? Always think from the perspective of the searcher. What are they going to be searching for to get that post? And once you determine what that keyword phrase is, this is what I want you to do. I'll give you a few tips. And these are the tips that the, the plugin is going to give you as well. Number one, include a keyword phrase in your title of your post. That's, that, that makes sense, right? If someone is searching for a particular topic, like how blood flows the, through the heart, the title of my post should be how blood flows through the heart. Number two, include it in at least one of the article headings. So as you separate out your content for that particular article, you can have different sections and you can have different headings. When you include that in your headings, that gives Google an idea that, hey, man, this, this post is really talking about this content. Number three, include it in the URL of the post. We spoke about permalinks and so on, but it, it, when you set up your page, when you set up your post, you're able to make sure that the URL, the permalink for that particular post has those keywords in it. Number four, include it a few times in, your, in the content of your post. And number five, include it in your description, your meta description, which is what is going to show up in Google. So. Now, I want to I emphasize something here. I'm not telling you to think about a keyword phrase and then try to stuff it in in an artificial way. That's not what I'm telling you. But what I'm telling you is if your comments, I mean, if your 
if your blog post is targeting a specific keyword phrase, that keyword phrase should naturally occur uh, in your content. It should naturally be in that content in num- a number of ways because that is what you are providing information on. All right, I want to give you a few more tips uh, when it comes to just optimizing your, your blog post for your readers. Number one, use short paragraphs. Quite frankly, our attention spans are getting lower and lower. And when we find content, and we're, we're also looking at content, on our, we're looking at websites and your, people are coming to your blog on their mobile devices. You want to make sure that that content is easy to, to get through. And keeping those paragraphs relatively short makes it easier for people to kind of consume it as they're going. Number two, break your content into relevant sections. If you come to the show notes for this, this, this podcast episode or any other post on my blog, you will see that I have individual sections, and those sections have different headings so that it makes it easier for you to scan through that content and get a quick idea of exactly what that content is covering. So break it into relevant sections and use headings so that it makes it easier for people to scan through your content and get a good picture of what this content is about. Number three, include relevant images and name them appropriately. A picture is worth a thousand words. And if you come to a post and it just has a ton of text on a screen, it actually kind of makes it harder for you to consume. But by breaking it up with nice images that are adding to the content, or you know, if you're showing someone how to do that, you can have that, you can have a screenshot of what you're showing them how to do in that post. Adding images really makes your content stand out a little more. And if you name those images appropriately, it's going to give Google even more information about what your post is about. I remember what I said, give those Google guys as much information as possible. Okay, one more tip when it comes to um, optimizing your post for your readers is link to relevant content. Link to relevant content. Remember, what we're trying to do is serve our audience. We want to give them exactly what they want, exactly what they need. And when they're looking through your content, when they're reading your content, when they're consuming your content, inevitably they're going to have some questions. And you can help them in this process because if I am talking about search engine optimization in a particular post and I just briefly mentioned search engine optimization, someone might think, what in the world is search engine optimization? But if I link that to another article that I've created where they can find out more about information, I am giving them more value. I am answering their questions before they even know to ask the questions. (laughs) So you can link to other content that you are creating. You can link to other content that's elsewhere on the web because all you're trying to do is serve your audience. And this is going to help your search engine optimization. All right, let's talk about this last section that I want to get into. And that is how do you track this? How do you know if what you're doing is working? If you, you, know, if you use the principles that I share earlier on, your site is going to start growing in authority. Google is going to start sending you more and more traffic. And as your site grows in authority, they're going to send you even more traffic. And you're going to see over time that your traffic is going to grow. Now, there's a quote that I read by Robin S. Sharma. And it's such a powerful quote. And it's this. What gets measured 
gets improved. What gets measured gets improved. How do we know if things are working? How do we know if what we're doing is going in the right direction? We measure. We track. And as a business owner, as someone that's starting a blog but building a business, you want to make sure that you're paying attention to, to, to the, the key factors that are going to tell you how your efforts are working and if they're working. What's working? What's not? What is working so that you can do more of that? What's not working so you can get rid of that stuff? And fortunately, there are some free tools that you can use. And you're probably already thinking about the first one that I'm going to say because it is such a powerful um, a, a powerful service that is 100% free that gives you all kinds of insight for your blog, for your traffic, not just for search engines, but for social, um, the, your social media traffic and how everything is performing. And that is Google Analytics. All right, so what Google Analytics does is it gives you a, a detailed breakdown of where your traffic is coming from. It tells you what searches are resulting in traffic. It tells you, you know, it, it tells you way beyond just the searches. It allows you to, 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 to track your conversions. And you can say, for example, when I sent a letter to, uh, when I sent an email to my list on Monday, it sent traffic and it converted in this specific way. It allows you to get so many details that's way beyond the scope of, of this podcast episode. And I'm actually going to be diving a lot more into that and sharing some more tutorials with you on how to use Google Analytics in a, in a way to really help you to take control of your business. So stay tuned for some of those things that are coming, well, a lot of those things that are coming in the future. But Google Analytics really allows you to do this. Um, so you, you sign up for a Google Analytics account. When you sign up for a Google Analytics account, you create a property. So that, that will be the property of your blog. So if, in my case, it will be becomeablogger.com or interactive biology. And then it will give you a tracking code that you need to take and place on your site. Now, how do you do that? Many themes come with the, uh, if you go into theme settings, you have the ability to add your Google Analytics ID in there and it will automatically start, start tracking it. So you can look, with, look at your theme documentation to see if that's available for your theme. If it's not available for your theme, still not a problem because you know what? Those guys at Yoast, they have a Google Analytics plugin as well. And you can install that Google Analytics by Yoast plugin and that will allow you to connect it to your Google Analytics and you can track all of those details. Okay, so that's number one. Use Google Analytics. And the last point is this, or the last tip I'm going to give you is this. For tracking how things are working, add your site in Google Search Console. Now, what is Google Search Console? It used to be called Google Webmaster Tools, but they recently changed the name to Google Search Console. And it allows you, it gives you all kinds of details. It allows you to submit your site to Google. It allows you to, to, to track your rankings and any errors. Let's say someone goes to Google and they search for your site. They search for something. They click over to come to your site and it takes them to an error page because that no longer exists. Google Search Console gives you all of that information and it gives you a ton of details. I'm going to I'm going to have a tutorial specifically on this in the show notes for this post. 
So you want to definitely check that out. But I'm going to show you how you go about using the Google Search Console. So when you when you sign up for an account in the Google Search Console, you'll be able to create a property once again. And then you have to verify that property. And there are different ways that it gives you that you can verify that property. And I'll show you that in the tutorial for this particular episode. So make sure to come by and check it out. So you want to verify your property. And number two, you want to submit a sitemap. Now, what a sitemap is, is exactly what it sounds like. It's a map of your site. So what you're doing is getting this sitemap and submitting it to Google Search Console because that is telling Google exactly what is on your site, what pages, what posts, and so on. And the WordPress SEO plugin from Yoast allows you to create, a, it gives you a sitemap that you can submit to Google. Now, this might sound a little, uh, you got a little technical on me here, and I'm not 100% sure what Leslie is talking about. Don't worry about it. I got you covered because you're going to come back to the show notes for this episode. And in that, I will have a video tutorial, at least one video tutorial, showing you how to do the things that I'm talking about. So I hope you got a lot of value from this. That is the key to search engine optimization specifically for WordPress. And, and I have a question for you to end this episode on. And that question is this. And I want you to come back and let me know. I love it when you guys interact with me. Come back to the episode and let me know this. Which one of these tips can, do you think you can make the most improvement with when it comes to your blog? Come back to becomeablogger.com slash two, three, four, and let me know what your answer to that question is. Man, I hope you got a ton of value from that. I really do. Search engine optimization is such a big topic, and I've just kind of touched the surface, but I give you, I gave you all of the things that I pay attention to when it comes to search engine optimization. And that is what has resulted in all of that traffic coming to my biology blog and the traffic that comes to become a blogger from the search engines. So I wanted to share that with you because it's valuable stuff. Yeah. Anyhow, to leave your answer to the question, becomeablogger.com slash two, three, four. If you missed anything, it'll all be there. If you found value in this episode and for some strange reason, you're not subscribed to the podcast, becomeablogger.com slash podcast. You can find out how to subscribe there. And if you're trying to start a blog where you can create content, inspire others, and change the world while building your online business, head on over to my free blogging course at freebloggingvideos.com where you get to follow me as I show you how I've built my blogs into successful online businesses, how many others have done the same, and above all, how you can do the same. freebloggingvideos.com that's it for this episode. It's Leslie Summer from becomeablogger.com where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And until next time, take care and God bless. 888-835-2255.